sensitive to these sounds. Plant down and lotus in a tent to ground. Knowing if I fail to lift the veil, I'm hell bound. Journey through the fate of all the hate I found. Done laying out the layman's for these lames, big clowns. We can still throw down pound for pound. If you choose to drag my name through the mud with no bounds. Scars go deep, but the passion can shift. Trying to find a balance between anger and bliss. Searching for my purpose when success is a myth. I thought I knew the gist of the plot, but it came with a twist. Had it all mapped out, but none of the pieces fit. Abandonment issues got me doing the split. Realizing I didn't really need what I wish. Got sick of getting tricked into giving the devil a kiss. Welcome to the side of hell. Hey everyone and welcome to another edition of Portal to the Paranormal Thriller podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. Um, tonight we have a great show ahead. It's going to be a no filter show. Um, the guest that I have on, um, he's an absolute great guy. I've got to know him over the last year and if you want to know anything about the paranormal, get some straight answers without any filters. Matt Barron is who we've got on tonight and he is um, a guy that will give his honest opinion without any filters. Um, but Matt over the years, he's done such a lot in the paranormal field um, from you know running teams uh, in America. Um, he has also done multiple um, locations, also private locations, uh, private investigation for clients. Um, he's also got his own podcast. That sort of helps the paranormal field. So we'll go into that. But what I'm going to do is bring him on. So we've got Matt Barron joining us this evening. What's hey, up, brother? <laughs> as, I, as I just said, I've made it very clear for people that are watching. This is going to be a no filter show. We mm. know you know, me and you have done uh, quite a few shows over the last year, especially <laughs> with helping with the Global Ghost Hunt. And we know when Matt has an idea or when Matt's got something to say, there is nothing to stop him. He's going to go for it regardless. So, you <laughs> Pretty know, much. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your day to join us. Um, Thanks for having me, brother. Seriously. Again, you know, I'm looking forward to this because I know what you're like and I'm exciting for people that follow our page to get to know you a bit more as well you know so it's it's good because this time the questions are going to be fired at you instead of you doing all the questioning you know so buckle up buckle up i will say I, I will say before we get going i i remember doing that video for you the intro yeah and just that music i'm just backstage just like yeah i was like i remember I this like i love that track time. Every time that I play that, I'm just bopping my head because it's just such a funky tune. You know, you know there's, the, there's a couple, there's a couple of videos I do that you know they're like, okay, that fits, it works, it you know, it's good. Like the ones where we did for Global Ghost Hunt and a couple others. But there's some like the intro that you did. It's just like, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> it's like let's have some fun with it. Like it just amps you up. I love it. And we're definitely going to get into that because you know I know. Sometimes there's a lot of content creators that watch, you know, where we're streaming through, like Parapost, we're, we're on, um, you know, Paralinks as well. You know, so if there's people watching, we will get into um, the Paravid Studios and how, how you can help there. Um, but before I do, just a few comments quickly. So we've got our lovely 
PTTP leader, Dan, in the house. What's up, Dan? Uh, hope you're doing well. And then, yeah, the lovely Sarah, our good friend, Matt, my two favorite hey. boys. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, friend. I thought we were family. What? <laughs> oh, you're going to upset him already. But, um, <laughs> you know, as always, guys, anyone that's watching it, if you do have any questions that you want to fire up at Matt about the paranormal, um, you know, 17 years in the field, um, you know, so I'm sure Matt's got a few stories to tell. Um, so definitely fire it over. Uh, we've got Nikki. Um, she's another member of our PTTP team. So, hey, darling, hope you're well. And then we've got Dan. How, how are you doing? What's up, Dan? So, um, yeah, so I, I will get to the comments. So if you've got anything you want to say or just say hello, you know, just say hello. We, we like people getting involved with the shows. So um, brilliant. But first off, you know, the most obvious question for people that haven't met you on our page before, you know, you've been in the field for 17 years. What kicked it off for you? What got you involved in the field? Well, obviously, um, I've said before, you know, I, I've had a personal experience when I was younger. Um, I'll give you the short version. Uh, I was driving my vehicle, um, saw a female standing in the road, slammed on my brakes, literally watched her pass right through the, the car. I finally came to a stop, got out, and I said, ma'am, are you old? And I stopped for a second, and I realized what just happened. And she turned, smiled, and faded away. And I was just like, Wow. Nope, nope, not doing that. And off I went. <laughs> um, but then I started watching the shows when I was in the military. Uh, Ghost Hunters was the main one. Um, then I started watching like Paranormal State with it being from Pennsylvania. You know, mm -hmm. I back, you know, my Pennsylvanians up. And uh, it just it just kind of built a little bit of an interest. And it was kind of like entertainment at that point. Um, but the one night I was at uh, this bar that I was actually working at. I was working security um, and I got uh, a couple of female friends. Um, I was off that night. We were all drinking, having a good time. And they wanted to go to this haunted location. It's a park that used to be a cemetery and the bodies are still there. I saw that. <laughs> Watch it, Dan. Watch it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I love Dan. Um, but it, it, the bodies are still there in this park. Um, there's over 300 of them wow. and they just basically bulldozed all the headstones minus a couple of the famous uh, people from San Diego. And I, I was drunk, stupid, going to a dark area with a bunch of females, you know, hormones were like, <laughs> let's go. Um, <laughs> so we went and I had my first experience there. It was a, actually a black mass about eight, nine feet tall, just walk right in front of me and i'm just like shit it's real <laughs> i was like this isn't and i i try to from that point that's what really sparked it for me and i started turning from the entertainment side of watching these shows to the educational side i use actually i still have to this day the first four seasons of ghost hunters that i study how they ask their questions for their evps where do they set up the cameras the interview process with the clients um, how do they do their reviews? You know, stuff like that. I just started, you know, becoming a student and I started reading material about, you know, the paranormal. Um, and then I saw this ad on Craigslist for those who remember Craigslist. Um, <laughs> I actually found this one uh, team that was looking for investigators. So I interviewed with them and they were all about money. 
And then, I mean, they wanted me to put $500 down that day. And I said, I'm unemployed. And they said, well, you just got to find it. And I'm like, this can't be what it's about. Mm-hmm. So me being me, I said, screw it. I'm going to start my own team. So I did. And I met another guy. His name was Dan, uh, Dan Smith out in San Diego. And he actually runs Haunted San Diego. Oh, he did. I don't know if he still does. Uh, we've lost contact. But he helped me start. Yeah. He, he gave me shirt, like iron on shirt stuff, business cards. Um, he became kind of like a manager. And I started, and that's, I just started a team. And the rest has been history, as they say. And, you know, going, being in the field for 17 years, you know, uh, I'm sure you, you've seen things that you've liked, you've seen that, things that you don't like. You know, we, we know the paranormal field can be quite a, shall we say, a dramatic place to be in, you know. Um, say that. <laughs> you know, um, say it, putting it nicely, shall we say. Hmm. But what, why do you think, you know, what's made the field like that? Why is there drama? Why is it, you know, what is your opinion? Why is one in that sort of direction? First and foremost is ego. That's number one. Everybody wants to be the next ghost hunters. Everybody wants to be the next ghost adventures for some reason. Mm. You know, everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame and they lose focus of what this field is really about. And then it becomes, you know, you take the ego, then it becomes territorial. It becomes, oh, well, that's my location. No, no, it's not. Unless you own it, it is not your location. A public location is exactly that, a public location. And, you know, it, they, they act like it's a bunch of like gang wars almost. And honestly, it, again, it comes down to ego. And, you know, that's, that's the main thing. That, that's the main reason why the field's turning or turned the way it was. Because um, I know with speaking to you, you have had opportunities where you could have gone like TV route, route down yeah. the normal. And quite surprised, a lot of people, let's be honest, would, would say, TV, yeah, let's do it. But you actually took another approach and <laughs> you, you went away from that. You decided not mm-hmm. to um, go forward. Do, do, you, do you still stand by that decision or do you regret it a little bit? What was, what was your reason to turn <laughs> away an opportunity like that? So to answer that, I have to take a step back. So when the first Conjuring movie came out, um, and we're talking the one with the divot box and everything, you know, a little girl has moth flying out of her mouth, all like that, that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. at that point, um, in San Diego, we were starting to really make a name for ourselves. We, you know, everybody in the community knew us. I mean, we were starting to really make a name for ourselves. And I was actually approached by Lionsgate and they asked to help promote the movie in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And in, and in return, they were going to take us to the premiere. So, I mean, they gave us a bunch of merchandise, a bunch of promotional stuff, and it was great. And I, I at first I thought it was BS, but then I got the email and I met with the person and it was legit. And I was like, no kidding. Okay. So we did that. And then um, a producer got a hold of me to do an investigation at this uh, one uh, TV set. It was for this uh, auto, like the automotive uh, customization shows one of those kind of like a pit my ride type deal but it was a little it wasn't as extreme and i guess they were having a lot of issues so they said they wanted to do a halloween special on this and they said can you come in and investigate and i was like well yeah of course we'd love to help they asked how much we charged and everything i said we don't charge we come up for free 
the producers obviously loved that. And uh, we did the show. Everything was great. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, never had a four foot woman reach up my shirt without my permission to hook up a microphone. That was weird. <laughs> but um, but the show went great. Everything yeah. was it was a lot of fun. Um, it was a great experience. And then not long after, I got another call from another studio. I won't mention that name. Um, and they said we want to do a show with you and your team. We, mm-hmm. you know, we heard a lot of great things about you. We saw what you did. Uh, we really like it. Um, can we sit down and negotiate a contract? I said, you know what? Fine. We, I've been more than happy to. We'll sit down and talk. I said I won't negotiate, but I'll talk. I said we'll talk. We'll come up with something. I'll talk to my team about it. My team's good with it. We'll sign, and then we'll negotiate. Yeah. And they said that was fair. So they uh, they offered us a pretty good chunk of money. But the one thing they wanted me to do is fake evidence. They said, if we go to these locations and there's nothing going on, can we fake it? And I said, absolutely not. And they said, well, you know, you, we need to keep the ratings. I said, listen, two things. Number one, if we're, we're goofy enough as is. I mean, you, you said it yourself. You never know what comes out of my mouth. Uh-huh. Imagine <laughs> another team. Another, uh, imagine a team of me. All the same way. Big Papa Pun. What's up, Steven? Miss you, brother. But, uh, and I saw your comment, Dan. But, um, that one, yep. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I told him, I said, listen, I said, we make, we'll make it. We'll make sure you get the ratings because we're just, we're just goofy by ourselves. Mm. I was like, well, I said, the ratings will be fine. I said, but I refuse to, to fake anything. I said, I've never done it and never will. And they said, well, you would need to. And I said, listen, you came to me for a reason. You get what you get. Mm. That's my offer. And, you know, with with the TV industries, do you think I'm not, and this is not specific to any particular shows or anything like that, um, but do you think, that they do more damage in the paranormal field than good? Or do you think it's a bit of a, a balancing act with, with some are good, some are not? What's your thoughts about overall TV industry for the paranormal? Well, overall, I think it does hurt because obviously they're asking me to fake, you know, though we know who we know who fakes it. It's, it's blatantly obvious. If you've been in this field more than five minutes, you know who's faking evidence. And the problem is is whether it's a movie or a TV show, the general public is seeing this yeah. and they think that's how our field is, is, and that's how it's ran. And, um, luckily, you know, I got to speak with Satori Haas and Cherie Marie when Brian and I did a uh, women investigate too. And they said, you know, these TV shows are literally, they're there for a week or two at a time and they're mm-hmm. condensing all their evidence into a 30 minute episode. So yeah, it's going to look active, but if you go to a spot and the spirits don't want to communicate, what are you going to do? You know, and I think people need to understand that there are times where you're just literally sitting in the dark talking to yourself. <laughs> that is true. I I use the phrase sometimes. It's like when you go fishing, you can cast your rod out, but it's going to take a while before you get a bite. And oh, I know that firsthand today. Yeah, and it, <laughs> and it's um, you know, you've got to be. I think that's the thing, what we say to people that join us on investigations as well. You know, don't expect everything to happen. It's sort of, 
you're playing a game of cards you might get dealt a good hand mm-hmm. sometimes you just don't so it's yeah. um, you know it's like that and I, I agree with what you're saying um but with the investigations you've done um before we go into like the public locations that you've gone into you've done a lot of private investigations yeah um you know for you to go into someone so someone's made contact with you saying something's going on in their home or something like that how would would it be something that you would just go there straight away or did you have to like look into it to make sure you know because sometimes you get some crazy people you know let's be honest that could be feeding the story you know how would you judge if you took if you was to take a case on you know what it, sort of homework would you do well it depends on the situation if there are kids involved i would immediately go there if there's any children involved at all um or if there's physical stuff happening people getting scratched uh illness you know stuff something like that something that's immediate yeah we'll go over there right away if it's just hey we got some random crap going on okay then we'll do you know an interview process we'll it will do our baseline reading regardless. We'll go during the day and we'll just get the baselines. We'll talk to the people, find out what's going on, um, talk to the kids. Um, I, I love talking to children. I, I think I said this to you. They're like little alcoholics. They are so honest and blunt and brutal. It is hilarious. <laughs> and, you know, I, I love chatting with them, you know, because they, they won't filter. It. They'll tell you straight out. And. Mm. I'd say probably 90% of the information you'll get is from their kids. And, you know, do they have an imaginary friend or, you know, is mommy or daddy uh, too much? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like you'll, you'll figure that out. Um, and it's a good base to, to get it set up on, but no, some, and uh, like Dan just said, sometimes it's the electrical, like I'm an electrician by trade. So an EMF meter right there, you can, sit there and you can debunk a lot is it emf poisoning is it something that's going on um, with their pipes do they have loose pipes you know and you go during the day to get that nice baseline get an idea um either way i would still investigate it just to be on the safe side and uh but no i i have i don't think i've ever turned down a case and that's good so you've done a number of cases um now a lot of people yeah, and this is part of the tip going referring back to the TV industry, the entertainment mm-hmm. industry. Uh, you know, a lot of people refer to things in their house as something demonic because they don't know what they're dealing with. Now, have you ever come across something demonic or do you think that is something that unfortunately is overused and not the filming industry plant that seed in people's head to make them think a glass moves, that's demonic, a bang is demonic. What's, you know, in your opinion, do... Do we live in a world with demonic entities or do you think it's just something that's hyped up by Hollywood and the movie industries? Well, it, so just to kind of put it in perspective, I've, I think last count I've had over 400 clients in home and private residence and business. I would say there was only three times out of all that that was ever demonic. Okay. Um, now, 97 percent of them said that it was a demonic and it's like mm, no as soon as you walk in you know it's like no it's not demonic you're you're fine <laughs> that's usually the first thing i tell them as soon as i walk in and it's and i'm not as sensitive by any stretch of the imagination um i'm not a medium i'm an extra large so again um the only <laughs> thing i'm sensitive to is the electromagnetic field like mm-hmm. if there's a high emf field i will get migraines but 
you can you can literally walk into a place and you would know you'll know if it's a demonic or not you just get that feeling and um i've only ran into three that i would call demonic two for sure um uh, one it it was hard to say whether it was or not it could have been borderline um either demonic or it could have just been a really aggressive poltergeist um it just depends but um two those two though for sure i had to get the church involved so take care Stephen. much love brother keep in touch you know um and you know you're saying about how you've determined what kind of entity it is a lot of people say that you could tell by a bad smell or mm. you know um a m changes in the person that's there like you know do you think that plays a part as well the bad smells or again oh huge does it depend on the person that is dealing with the case oh absolutely it's huge and you know with a demonic a true demonic um and i know our brother brian hates that word but <laughs> um with a true demonic there are different keys there's different symptoms so to speak there's different signals and signs to look for and you know it gets thrown around a lot and i know there's a lot of people who will run into places completely blind by themselves i would be one of them but like michael wong from pn paranormal you know we're that kind of person to where we're just like yeah hey, let's go let's have some fun yeah i don't stray away but those two cases put me on edge i backed out i didn't leave them mind you i didn't leave my client high and dry but i would i wouldn't continue with it i, I would never go I, I don't ever want to run into one again no fair enough because you know it must be very rare because we've done a number of investigations and you know you sort of look back at the history of things and you know they say that there's something evil there's something but we are, i can't personally say that we've run into anything like that you know so it's got to be quite challenging when you come across something like that and you know well, like you said, you're on edge well I'll, I'll put it to you this way if if there is a, a true demonic in in a home by the time you get called to it sh shit's hit the fan so to speak it's gotten really bad because <laughs> A demonic is, is, is literally an infestation. It's like um, ants or any type of pest. And I'm not saying, you know, I know there are some people who are, you know, Satanists and stuff like that. I'm not saying anything negative about the demonics themselves, but they do infest homes. They, they build a nest and they slowly work down the family, mentally, physically, emotionally. They tear people apart. That's what they do. They oppress. And if it gets to that point that's like an exterminator you don't call an exterminator when you see one ant you see an you call an exterminator when you have thousands of them you know what i mean like that's worst case scenario that's what it's like for a demonic uh, that's it's got to be quite horrible to deal with those sort of cases then when you're actually faced with a true case like that it's and <laughs> you, when you've run into it and you've had to deal with it that you're faced with that how have you dealt with that yourself then have you had anything like afterwards mentally how's it affected you what have you had to do to make sure you've looked after yourself dealing with those sort of cases well the first and foremost if you're going into any investigation any client-based investigation you need to have the experience and the confidence and you have to understand that anything in this anything can happen in this field 
you could get called out for, you know, a couple of knocks and run into something like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it's a possibility is always there. So I think mentally I prepare myself for worst case scenario and that's just the military in me. Um, and then when it hits, it's kind of like your adrenaline gets going. You got to try to calm yourself down and you got to go back to your basics, knowing how to protect yourself. Um, I'm not, uh, me personally, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. So I pray a lot. I settle myself down. I meditate. I center myself. And the worst thing you can do if you do run into something like that is react. Is to react that bad. You know, you don't want to sit there and feed into that energy because rem you remember they oppress. They will go after that. They will go after that, the fear. They will go after that negativity, the hate. You know, that's what they want. So you need to understand that you have to be calm about it. And so like with the one I did, well, actually both of them, I backed the family out of that location. I said, hey, guys, let's take a break. I want to go talk to you real quick. Let's go around the corner. Let's go down the street a little bit. Let's go off this property and we'll talk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I tell them exactly how it is. I just like in the shows, I don't pull any punches. I'll tell them exactly, hey, this is what you're you're dealing with. And here's all my reasonings why. You know, it's yeah. not going to be one of those, you know, no, it's not, it's not just Aunt Sally sitting in the corner, you know, trying to get your attention. No, you've got something very serious. And, you know, you were also saying about, you know, bringing religion into it. You're a Christian, you know, and, you know, seeing things, you know, on TV and things like that, some people turn to religion for help, like mm -hmm. priests and exorcism, you know, things like that to try and uh, demolish what's in the, in the home do you think that works or do you think it makes it worse at times like what's your thoughts when it comes to do you think religion plays a part when it, when you're dealing with these sort of things or do should religion be left out of it no 100 percent. it's it's what you believe and it's what the client believes like i've gone into some homes where they are hindu so that's where for me like with my wife she's wiccan that's where that study started for me. I started realizing we're going into these people's homes. They need to be comfortable. I'm not going to go into a Hindu house and do a bunch of Christian prayers. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go into someone who believes in Wicca and do a bunch of Christian because that's going to upset them. They're going to be they're, They won't be comfortable with that. So you have to broaden that. But as far as the blessings that I've done and, you know, my Christian blessings, um, you can tell an immediate difference. Like even the, all the clients have said, like I do, I do mine a little differently. Um, but when I do the blessings or the cleansings, they even said they can notice a distinct difference immediately. And we're talking minutes after I'm done. So I, I think it's again up to your belief. It's all bringing back that positive neutral or neutral energy. You know, it's just resetting it. Right. And you know, overall, as well we're, we're talking about a person's mental state you know mm -hmm. especially as an investigator you know thinking along a paranormal investigator do you think the way you treat your body the way you like say for example the kind of foods that you eat or the drinking like if you drink liquor or alcohol mm -hmm. um or the way you're feeling does that affect the way you, you do an investigation like oh, do you think it's important is there like for you is there a certain way that you before going to an investigation 
do you have like a like a routine where I'm not going to eat certain stuff, I'm not going to drink certain stuff, just to keep your mind pure <laughs> to what you got to do? Well, I'm a fatty. I like my round shape. You know, thinking well, as, you, as you can tell, you know, <laughs> we both look like foodies. <laughs> well, with the wife I've got, you know, so I didn't get this I, I with a salad. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> but and we were talking earlier about my energy drinks. Typically, I always drink energy drinks, and if you've seen the show, you see these like invisible cans. That's what it is. Yeah, it's an energy drink. Um, typically, I drink a bunch of them, and actually, I have some here in the studio too. But uh. <laughs> but I'm not supposed to be drinking them today. Um, but obviously alcohol, any type of substance that'll change your mentality. No, never 24 hours before or after an investigation. Never. I mean, I'll, I don't mind drinking. I have, I still have some, you know, I have a bottle right here, but I don't mind drinking, but you don't do it before or after you don't want to alter your body. And, when you start doing that stuff, then you run into issues when you're investigating. You can't investigate to your fullest. It's just like any piece of equipment. You're not going to just, you know, go in with a camera that's not fully charged. You yeah. know, that doesn't make sense. You're not going to go in with dead batteries. You're not going to go in without any equipment at all. You know, no flashlight, no nothing. You know, that's it doesn't make sense. And your body's the same way. If you alter your body, then you're altering the evidence and you're altering that investigation. I know. I get what you're saying. And, you know, with that being said, for, for yourself on a personal level, you, you're, you, you come from Pennsylvania. You live in Pennsylvania. Um, and I know from talking to you, you know, the paranormal field is still a bit of a taboo subject. Yeah. You know? And I find, how can I say this without sounding like I'm being rude? I'm finding like the, like our generate, like the older generation, you know, seem to have this thing in common where their families and going back in time, you know, if you was to say, I can see things or I'm doing this, you're looked at as a, a nutcase, shall we say. Mm -hmm. what, why do you think it's still, like, why do you think people have that frame of mind? I think it's a mix of things. It's number one, especially here, religion. Um, you know, the Christian church teaches that there's a heaven or hell. There's no in between. You either go to heaven or you go to hell. I got a story for that one, too. But uh, <laughs> one involves a camera crew. Um, but no, I, I think religion has a huge thing to play with it. Um, if you're in an area that has really high Christian basis or any type of religious basis, that's usually you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. They yeah. don't, there, there's no in between because that's what we're told and that's what we're taught. Um, at least that's how it is here. And what, like with my family, for example, love my family to death. But when I told my parents that I was into the paranormal, they hated it. They thought I was going against the, my religion. And I said, listen, the paranormal has not only boosted my religious beliefs, I became ordained because of it. And it's brought me closer to my, my religious. And you know what? And in all honesty, it's opened up my mindset to accept everybody in which I don't want to get into too much religion, but no. you know, we're taught by Jesus himself saying that we are to accept everybody. Well, doesn't that mean 
everybody, not just only people who listen to you. You're supposed to love and respect everybody, no matter their religious backgrounds. I mean, I said earlier, my wife's Wiccan. I support her. Heck, I even practice. You know, and it's you start to find little puzzle pieces that kind of just fits ever so nicely together. And, you know, it's 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 just kind of how they're locked in. They have blinders on. People just have blinders on. They see black and white. That's all it is. And, you know, it's time to take the blinders off. I, I like the way you've answered that. That's cool. So um, we'll, we'll go back to Dan's comment. It helps <laughs> eat stuff that doesn't make your stomach make noise. Uh, uh, we've picked up stomach growls on the EVPs. So you got a bit of a story to relate to his comment? I've got two. So I'll tell the physical one and then I'll tell the, the evidence we caught. Yeah. So... I, I mentioned earlier that I did it a, uh, a TV show. We, we did a TV show. We came in and investigated. That night, we made the mistake of going to a buffet <laughs> before the investigation. I, myself, am very competitive. <laughs> so are some of my other male investigators. And we put away 14 plates apiece. Oh, wow. Stuff on there we probably shouldn't have had. <laughs> so... We're sitting there, and I don't know, brother, if you remember those old computer chairs with just the oval back on it. That the oh yeah, board. Yeah. Well, in the the office space of this uh, shop we were in, we were investigating. Uh, they had one. Nothing was really going on. We weren't really catching much or whatever. So the team called me and see if I can help bring some more energy, stir something up. I, I ask a lot of the questions that people are afraid to ask. Uh, just because I just don't care. Uh, <laughs> like, how did you die? What's it like to die? Do you know you're dead? Um, you know, stuff like that. I that Most people are afraid to ask. I'll just go ahead and say it. Yeah. But anyway, I was sitting backwards on one. So I had the, the back of the chair like this. And I'm just sitting here and had my stomach folded. And I could feel it. I felt the... I'm like, oh... <laughs> So I see the camera guy. He obviously heard it. My investigators didn't. Let's just say politely, I released some uh, fumes. <laughs> it sounded like a duck. Like I sat on a duck and it echoed. Wow. Camera guy's shaking. He's laughing so hard. My investigators are laughing. Somebody thought they heard a growl from outside. So that turned into a whole thing. So... <laughs> The other story is um, we were investigating. <laughs> we were investigating. Uh, what was it? The cemetery? I think it was Alpine Cemetery. And they were they were talking. They were doing something. They were doing an EVP session. Um, I never investigated with them. I let them go out and do the investigation. I just was a support as a founder. I just moved around and helped support them. Excuse me. And. Uh, Afterwards, we were, were going over the evidence, and one of my investigators, Stan, he's just sitting there listening because we were at his house, and he just loses it. He just starts laughing out of nowhere. I'm like, what? He goes, you need to hear this. So he gives me the headphones. I put the headphones in, and I'm listening, and I hear my other investigator say, can you give me a sign that you're here? I looked at him. I'm like, I don't hear anything. All of a sudden, you hear this thing just rip through. It Echo. I mean, it had echo. It had bass. It was beautiful. 
I started laughing. He goes, just wait. I was like, okay. So I'm sitting there like, man, that was wet. That was bad. And I'm sitting there thinking, and he goes, I said, I don't hear anything. He goes, exactly. I said, what do you mean? He goes, who was there? And I started thinking about who was with them, who was around the recorder. It's everybody who had a childish mind, who's immature, like, Not you. we didn't react. Nobody reacted to it. We caught an EVP of a fart. So, <laughs> go fart. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. oh, that, that is funny. That is funny. Um, <laughs> um, and you were saying about, like, the line of questioning when, when you're calling out to a spirit. Yeah. You know, I think we have the very common kind of questions. Yeah. Are there any spirits here? Can you tell us your name? Can you do this? Can you do that? Is there anything that you do differently when it comes to your questioning that we, you know, that you could teach everyone to do something a little bit different? <laughs> Be creative. Because... I said this at Pennhurst, and I've, well, I've said it about Pennhurst, and I know Nando, you were saying you were getting a crack at, you know, Mackenzie yeah. Knight. You and Mackenzie, yeah. But that's how we are. That mm. that's those are the questions we ask. You know, we relate to the spirits. And one thing I've noticed is you just nothing against them, but just like in the podcast, people ask the same questions over and over and over and over. If you go to a location, these spirits are tired of hearing that. They want to, you know, ask them something random, like, you know, what's the weather like for you? Who's the president? Do you know who the president is? What, what do you have to say about the president? Who's your favorite sports team? Who's your favorite, you know, what's your favorite sport? You know, just ask them anything. Ask them anything in the world. What's your favorite food? I had a spirit come back on an SB7 saying they wanted to go for beer with us. <laughs> you know? And I think, because I think that's what you did, because you did the... Um, Penhurst for your global ghost hunt um, uh, event, and your your line of questions were a lot different to what a lot of us would do, shall we say? Like the the questioning, you know. Um, do, do you find that they work? Like doing something different actually does work, or is it still trial and error with the questions that you do? It works for us. Um, obviously, as you know, brother, we all have our own way of investigating. Some people asking the same questions, that's their comfort level. That's what they want. That's fine. Um, for me, I figure if we're going to get responses from these spirits, we got to be ourselves. We yeah. got to be ourselves. And if you can't, how do you expect them? How do you expect these spirits to relate to us? It's not just us relating to them. Um, case in point, we had a CMPS. And rootless destinations dress up in period attire. They're cool. trying to relate. Mm. I went to the USS North Carolina with my veteran shirt on, my veteran hoodie with my medal, and I tried to relate with them. And um, even Mackenzie at Penhurst, you know, we learned a lot at Penhurst. Like I thought it was going to be like all scary, you know, dark entities stuff like that, like a really badass investigation. That all changed during the walkthrough. We were told that the spirits there are the mentally ill. Like they're mentally challenged. They're kids. They're adults who just can't comprehend. They have, you know, the, the mentality of a five-year-old. So immediately Mackenzie and I just looked at each other and we're like, yeah, we're not going in like, hey, let's go chat. No, it's come here, let's go have some fun. Let's have some fun with you. Let's let's see what's going on. You know, let's mm -hmm. actually talk. And 
you know, that's that's what you got to do. You got to go in. It's okay to do your baselines. You know, who's here with us? Can you tell me your name? Introduce yourself. That's perfectly fine. But I know if I was a spirit, if somebody came into, like, if I was at Penhurst or Waverly Hills or wherever, I don't want people come like a sideshow poking at me saying, who's here? What's your name? I don't want to hear that all the time. Show me, show me you're here. No, <laughs> I do it just out of spite. No. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's it's crazy. Uh, Nikki's just put a comment in the um. So we did an investigation, um, and yeah, we we were asking certain questions. So the story about this headmaster at Groundless, he was, if I'm right, Nikki, uh, or if I'm wrong, let me know. He was quite one of those nasty, you know, very strict, but over like did things that you shouldn't do no. and yeah we, yeah it was like a, are you a nasty person how how much of a nasty person he was and then we had someone no one around us but it was like shh like a demanded <laughs> church like do you know like a teacher would tell you when you're in the classroom you know and you're like mm -hmm. oh, damn we've stepped on someone's toes here and we've and it was weird because you sort of felt that like you know like you had that feeling overcome you like we had done something wrong in a way but it was mm -hmm. um yeah i remember that <laughs> and I, I think the other one was um nikki got a great evp we did a an investigation at oxford castle in prison and okay. i think we we're up in one of the towers and we were doing like a groups like like in a circle doing call outs and she caught a great evp um and that they're, they're the moments that you want to catch, isn't it? When you least expect it and then you get that evidence and you're like, there's no way you can debunk it. Because we do look at ways like, could this be a gush of air coming through making like, because, yep. you know, it sounds change as they travel, don't they? So you've got to be mm -hmm. so mindful of everything that you're saying is paranormal, you know, so you've got to be um, mindful of your surroundings and everything. Um, so, yeah, so you're saying about the line of questioning and things like that. But then the other thing is, like, we, um, it was a voice saying, who are you? That was it. So Nikki picked up a clear voice um, out of nowhere saying, who are you? Because we were asking questions like, who's here? What did you do here? And things like that. Nice. So that, that was a good EVP, Nikki. That was a great one she caught. Um, you know, in your opinion, we go to loads of locations and, you know, we, we sort of learn how to understand if there's something in a location. Why do you think spirits are still here? Why haven't they moved on? Or well, they can move on to, you know, why do you think we're surrounded with so many different spirits? I have actually two theories on that. Um, the one that's becoming pretty popular is, I think they call it the Casper theory, or at least that's what I call it. Okay. Um, spirits are just people with unfinished business. There's something that that's keeping them here. Um, now, obviously, and I know people are going to get upset, but obviously residuals are completely different. That's more of a timestamp. But the intelligent ones, they've got a message. They've got something that they want to they want to do. See you, Dan. Much love, brother. They they have something they want to relay. Hmm. There, there's something still holding them there. And again, that's where that line of questioning comes in. You know, I I always ask the spirits. Is there somebody that you want me to give a message to? Just tell me their name and what your message is, and I will do my best to get it to them. You know, and I do that with the clients too, because a lot of the times clients, you know, they don't understand the paranormal. 
Um, I've even told them a couple little tip, you know, tips and tricks. Turn on a recorder. Most of our phones have them. I like to turn on a recorder. Say, look, I don't know what you want. I don't know what you need. Just talk into this. I, I don't want anything to do. I'm I'm sorry, but just please just speak into this, and I'll, I'll do whatever you need to get done. Um, the other theory I have or that I've heard and I am starting to agree with is we actually have choices once we pass. Okay. We actually have choices. We're given that choice to move freely. Either we can go to heaven, we can get judged, we can do all that, or we can just stay. We can just stay put if we're happy being here, um, which makes a lot of sense with a lot of different things. Um, you know, why why would, you know, spirits in Gettysburg, why would they want to stay there? Yeah. You know, that was a terrible place. Why would they want to stay? A lot of them wanted to be there. They wanted to, you know, defend their cause. Um, you know, people at home, you know, they're just happier at home. They didn't have religion when they were alive. They passed away. They want to stay in their home. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think it, I think it just varies. It varies on spirit. So, but that's the question, though, isn't it? We, we, what happens after death? You know, they know. No, that's it. And I say this quite often. We won't know for sure until we go through that next adventure, you know, of passing on. But do you think, you know, when, when we're faced with grief, like us living, we're mm -hmm. faced with grief, someone passes. Do you think our grief also could be a contribution to these spirits staying, especially like with home cases and things like that? You know, you lose someone that you're very close to. Do you think the spirit can pick up that, you know, that we're keeping them here as well? 100%. And I found that in a lot of my cases. Um, and I, I've joked before. I know you've heard me, brother, say about like Aunt Sally sitting over in the corner. A lot of times it is Aunt Sally sitting over in the corner. Um, what I've noticed is a, a specific pattern. When I go to a client's house, usually they know somebody or have had somebody pass within six month time frame and on, on average six months yeah and what i've noticed especially my personal life like my aunt passed away two years ago already and within two weeks they will come back and they will let you know that they are fine it might be something very subtle it might be something really extreme it it it, it usually starts off something very subtle and it's usually one of those comfort things that's like okay morning process is over I'm fine. I'll see you later. You know, you don't need to worry about me. The mm. problem is, is there's a lot of people who don't understand our field and they hold that, they hold that, you know, grief. They, you know, they mourn for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and which is okay. But you got to think of the spirits too. If the spirit is still there and they're being held there because this person can't let go. I know if I were to pass and Mackenzie wouldn't, let go i wouldn't want to leave her i wouldn't want to I, i'd be afraid to what she might yeah. do and i'd want to stay and look after her or there's a mess you know or they get so frustrated that they start acting out and what i say to people is you know some of these spirits are like a five or six year old if you ignore a kid and you know your father if you <laughs> ignore a kid what are they going to do Throw stuff it doesn't bang. end nicely, does it? It doesn't end nicely. And a lot of the things they do are exactly what we get called out for. Mm. Footsteps, banging, stuff going missing, stuff being thrown, scratches, being pulled on. 
it's all the same. The kid, they act just like kids. They want your attention. They want to relay this message. But I think some of the spirits don't understand. They can't. They can't understand. We, we can't hear them. We can't see them. We, we don't know what they're doing. And that's where we get called in. Where these teams get called in. And, like, you know, looking at the spirits, you know, they've passed on. Do you think, or do you believe the, the theory where they say um, you will not, like, say if you go for a reading or something, like, to a medium, because um, you want to connect with a spirit, do you think it takes a certain amount of time for a spirit to be passed over before they communicate with you? Or do you think they have the ability to communicate straight away? My boy, IG, from the Don Vic show, that's my boy. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I would assume it would be right away. Um, and the only reason why I'm saying that is because, again, at my aunt's funeral, or when my aunt passed, I could tell she was there. My mm. grandmother, the same way. When I was at the funeral, I could tell she was there. And I, I actually gave uh, a eulogy for my aunt. Um, I had to compose myself. And again, it's where the paranormal kicks in. I like I death is, is different for me now. It's it's not the same. And I mean I've had a lot of people, including somebody just like yourself, I consider a brother. Um, he was actually my general manager. He passed away um to due to COVID. Mm. And you know, it hits differently now. It's not one of those I will never see them. It's I'll see him soon. I'll see him later. You know, it's it gives me a little more comfort. But at the funerals, I could just tell, like, all of a sudden, like, I know I'm, I see their body, but I feel them standing right next to me. And, again, I'm not a sensitive by any stretch of the imagination. And I could just feel, like, whether it's, a, like, my aunt, I could feel her hugging me. I felt my, my buddy, Dave, put his hand on my shoulder like he used to. You know, I could feel that. And... You know, so I think they can communicate almost immediately. At least that's what I, I would assume. But I would hope so. Otherwise, then that's kind of a weird limbo. Like, it's almost like a waiting game. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a spirit, you, you pass and you're just behind this door. There's like a little countdown. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just just waiting for your number to be called so you can go. That would be the call. only timer I would loathe. <laughs> I, you know me. I love my timers. But... <laughs> You just see one of those little flashing times. It's your time. No, yeah, no. shit to do. Come on. No, but, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I would assume because you can't destroy the energy, which is exactly what it is, um, I would feel that you could almost immediately. It might take you a little bit to get used to because I've even found that with some of our pets that have passed on. You know, we may not feel them around or see them like quickly. Like we'll see shadows of them. The yeah. one cat, though, I love him to death. He actually moves my green screen. He's passed on. He's been two years since he's passed. And he'll move my green screen. I'll just see just this little bump like he used to do. Um, but I think it might take them time to figure out how to, yeah, yeah how to acclimate to their new abilities. Yeah, say it that way. I don't know. Superhero. I don't know. No, no. I like, I like the way you bounced that. That's cool. Um, <laughs> You know, now, the other thing, the big thing about the, the paranormal field is equipment, is there's so much equipment out there now. Um, and, you know, 
some of it can be quite controversial with the way we use it and things like that. But for you, is there a piece of equipment that you look at that you think doesn't belong in the field? And if there is, why you feel that? You know how you said no filter? Here we go. So buckle <laughs> up, buttercups. Okay, just be warned, everyone. Matt hasn't got any filter. If he's going to say something, that's it. He's <laughs> are up. Just how it is. Sleeves are up. I'm going to tell everybody right now, anything that you can get on one of these that is not a camera or a digital recorder, any one of anything on these things, bull. And the reason why, you can't validate it. You cannot validate it. And it does not have the technology that these other pieces of equipment have. Each There is no one set piece of equipment that we need that can validate that is 100% true. Every piece of equipment has its purpose, and they all need to be used to validate each other. And I just, to me, the phone apps, I hate them. I know there's people who like their necrophonics and this and that. Good for you. I don't. I think they're BS. The other one that I just can't stand is an ovulus. That's just me. I, I don't like the ovulus because you can't sit there and tell me that they're going to take an electrical pulse and say a word. The spirit box makes sense. Like an SB7, they go through the white noise to create that voice. I get that. An ovulus, they could be sitting there asking for help and you're getting dog through the ovulus. You know what I mean? It's like, mm, I, to me, that's just BS. I, I just, I have a hard time validating that. Yeah. I, li I like what you're saying with like the spirit box, like the SP7 and things like that. It's like we, we did another location. Um, was uh Antworth Mansions and me, Nikki and Dan we were down in the um in the basement, right? And a bit mm -hmm. like what you were saying, you know, be creative. And do you know what? It it did actually work. So we thought, okay, let's play a word association game. Like we say a word, can you repeat this word? Mm -hmm. And I kid you not, I think it was um Dan said what am I holding in my hand? And he had like a mannequin, but the hand of a mannequin. Yeah. And it said hand. I think it might have been Nikki saying, can you say pineapple? And we got the word pineapple through the spirit. And it was just crazy because mm -hmm. the most random words that you can think of, we were we were saying it, you know. And it, you're right what you're saying, being creative and, you know, <laughs> choosing the right kind of equipment um, is a, an important part in the investigation. So would you say that you're, um, oh, yeah. And we, we, we asked for the word hocus pocus. Uh, Great movies. I, I, Matt, I, I don't, <laughs> I cheat you not, Matt. It said hocus and then pocus. It was just like, and Nikki, you're about for me here. It was the most random words that we, we were thinking. It wasn't anything relating to the paranormal. It was just like, can you hey, just copy what we're doing? And that's perfectly fine. And you know what's funny? <laughs> it, not to cut you off, brother, but I've even taught. Um, like I've ran three teams and I've taught every single one of them. If you're going to ask the, the basic questions, that's fine. But you, you will get your best evidence when you're not trying. When you're just standing around BSing, like talking sports or talking food. And that's that's what kind of molded the, the questioning for me and how I do it. I don't know what I'm going to ask. I'm just going to go in and just have fun, just like my shows. I'm not going to go in and, okay, listen, no, question number one. What is your favorite food? Yeah. What um, is your favorite sport? No. 
well, exactly what you're saying, yeah. and Nikki's saying the same thing. We, it, it just turned into a case that we, we didn't think we were going to get anything because it wasn't the most active night, like on a location. But then when we just started, it, it was like it was more <laughs> turning into like a bit of a just like a piss take, like just say anything and see what happens. Yeah, but then when the more we were doing it and the more the responses were coming in, we were like, holy shit, you know, this is not what we were expecting, and you know. I think me and Nikki slept in that cellar that night in the basement. <laughs> you know, well, um, you know, and it was just a, like you're saying, we were just being a bit more creative and we just going with the flow. Well, um, what is it? Jill Shelley. She is the owner and operator of the Void House in Void, Minnesota. I know Marcus and his team know it very well. Uh, beautiful, absolutely beautiful location. Jill and them play cards with the spirits. They will literally set out. A cards for them and they will go back and forth playing cards with them and you know that's got me interested like i want to take a monopoly board next time i go or i want to take you know something easy like twister take the, the twister board with the dial on it see if it moves it <laughs> Can you imagine that? what are you doing well we're doing a paranormal investigation but we're going to play some twister and get it all why not <laughs> why not scrap there you go scrabble's a good one Operation. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a good idea. And Why not you know play, play Scrabble and have the spirit box going as well? See if it picks up any words. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. A Ouija board. A Ouija board is a game. Why yeah. can't we use others? Why can't we use others? And, and you know what? I'm going to start doing that now. I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm just going to have a whole stack of just board games. And it's like, oh, do you play? No, I take them to investigations. I want to see what the dead people want to play. <laughs> just set up a load of board games instead of your. And do you think um, the energy that you bring into a location helps the the interaction with spirits? Like one thing about um, when we're on location, and we we get on really well. We we we're like we call ourselves like the PTTP family when mm -hmm. we talk, and you know. And one thing that, especially when it comes with me, the a lot of them, and Nikki's one of them, you know, likes to make me jump when we're on investigation and. We, we have a laugh. Do you think... Be careful laugh, telling me this. Be careful uh, telling me this. You said you're coming on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you think that sort of helped heighten the, the activity, bringing in the right energy? 100%. Absolutely 100%. Like, again, I, I, I can relate to it the most because it was the most recent. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> um, and good to know, Nikki. I will remember that. Um, and we will be live. But um, but no, 100%, like Penhurst, for example. How many investigators have you heard talk about TikTok? Yeah. Or walk through, you know, a haunted location going rar. You know, that you build up that energy. And it's not just building it up, but it's positive energy, which is what we want. The more energy, the more positive we are, the more relaxed we are. I mean, think about it this way. Do you want to go up to somebody who's robotic, who just hi my name is this what is your name or do you want to go hey what's up dude how you doing you know what is more attractive to you it's the same way with the spirits you know to me at least for me like i'm going to go in being exactly who i am how i am i'll say the most random crap as we've seen on the uss north carolina and at penhurst you know Mackenzie and i just go off the handle we'll just talk about anything and everything we want it doesn't matter to us and you got to put in if you expect to get them a reaction from them you better better put in the effort because you're going into their property their area 
you're a guest. You know, you want to have fun. No, no, I agree. And I think that's why we have loads of fun on location. And it does turn into a bit of who can scare me the most. It's like, you know, it's... Challenge accepted. <laughs> Nikki had a great one. Like, we did an investigation um, called Manor Farm. And at the end of the evening, there, someone left some equipment in one of the little cottages. Mm-hmm. Me, I don't usually go and do things on my own. I, <laughs> I don't trust my team. I love them. But do I trust them? <laughs> anyway, so I'm there, like, cutting the, the equipment out. And Nikki from behind, oh, my God. I, I screamed so loud, I think the other streets could hear me screaming. It was, you would have hated um, me. You would have hated me in San Diego, and this is probably one of my favorite things I've ever done. I love new people to the field. I love skeptics, but I love the newbies who have just seen the shows and they think they're you know they know everything. I used to dress up, and Mackenzie will tell you because I've done it here in PA. I've dressed up in a black morph suit, and for those of you who don't know what a morph suit is, it's basically um, Under Armour, like that real stretchy material. Head to toe, completely black. Oh, wow. I was wearing one of those. I would hide somewhere because, again, I never investigated with the team. I would go hide somewhere, and when they come by to investigate, reach out and grab them. Uh, let's grab them. You're going to put bad ideas into people's head that are over my way, and it's not going to do well for me. <laughs> oh, we, used oh, to play, we used to play games like Find the Founder, um, Hide and Seek. We used to play hide and seek all the time in San Diego. Uh, we went to this. Uh, <laughs> hit me up, Nicole, Nikki. I, I'll get you some ideas. I'll get you some ideas. <laughs> but um, we used to play hide and seek as a team, as a paranormal team. It was funny and stupid to watch. But you know what? That's what really brought us closer together. We'd go to a place called Old Town, and um, Big Hearts, love you guys, and. Um, we would just run around and we would hide. We would hide in different places and we'd have one person literally come find us. We would literally play hide and seek or we would play a game, like I said, called find the founder. Mackenzie, Mackenzie loved this one. I would again dress all in black or in camouflage, depending if I really wanted to be, you know, a prick. And (laughs) I would just hide. I would just hide somewhere. And as a team, they would come find me. They'd have to think, okay, well, where would Matt go? We know Matt, and they would use their abilities and their, you know, the knowledge they had of me to come find me. And the team that found me, they got a reward, whether it's a piece of merchandise, um, something. I'd have some kind of reward for them. And do you know what? You playing the game like hide and seek, this is a game that goes back decades. Like this is a game that would have been Imagine that the the seeker thinking that they can see someone or they can hear someone in a certain room and they go there and there's nothing there and you're actually, a spirit's actually getting involved in your game. We've actually had that um, in San Diego. And if anybody wants to look this up, you'll see what I mean. Absolutely, Sarah, all the time. And we were actually playing hide and seek one night and... I was high. It's it, it, look it up on Google Maps, and I think Nando, I've shown you. It's just this little area in San Diego. It's like a historical, a whole town, little town. I know what you're on about. Um, but anyway, we were we were all hiding, and I was hiding. I think in a barrel at that point. Was I in the barrel? 
or was I under one of the buildings? I think I, no, I was under the building. And I'm la yeah, literally laying under the building. It was like a, a porch. I was underneath that. Um, and one of the, the seeker, I heard him talking. And he goes, hey, I see you over there. Come out. Come out. Hey, that's not fair. I said I saw you. Come out. I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, I'm the only one that ran over this way. All the other teams on the other side of Old Town. I'm like, who is he talking to? So I was like, crap, maybe he's talking to a transient, a homeless person um or something so i came running out and he's over by the schoolhouse and he goes matt what are you doing i thought i had to come find you but not the other way around and i was like who are you talking to he goes the guy over there in the bush so i had a big spotlight and lifted it up there's nobody there <laughs> wow. and i said talking to the dead person i was like he's not playing you got to find the living <laughs> wow so it does work then playing games oh, yeah. like, like oh, you're yeah. saying being creative does work so that's great um you know for you you've done quite a bit with the paranormal um you've got a lot of things under your hat that, that you've created as well so you've got the up program you've got mm -hmm. paraverse you've got paravid studios um starting with paravid studios um you know from expect matt did a, the intro for us um you know what you know explain your thought process how that come up and why you create private studios and what it's for so nando you'll understand this so i had an idea <laughs> <laughs> so he had an idea so i matt and his ideas you know our time two o'clock in the morning nando i have an idea you know so that's mm -hmm. matt with his idea but yeah you had an idea so <laughs> I had an idea and this was um this is when i don't know if it was the paracrew yet um but i had another podcast I, I named it something else um the paracast and i wanted to do see even suzette knows but um see but uh <laughs> that's why i love the merch thank you for that uh <laughs> but I had the idea I wanted to get a, a new intro and I had one that Scott, Mr. Fedora made me, which I absolutely love, but it was 30 seconds. And I, while I appreciate it and I love it, it wasn't enough time to bring people in. You know, it was just real quick and I wanted it. I wanted to update it. I wanted to get better. And I don't know if it was Brian who said about, something i was it was somebody somebody said something about using canva uh, to do these videos and uh, i know brian was talking about Filmora and sunny vegas and a couple others and i looked at him and i was like yeah I, i'm a simple guy you know so i found canva and i started doing it and i was like wow these are shit <laughs> I, I didn't know what i was doing i was like these are shit um so i tried to reach out to some people to make me a video and they were charging like $400 for a minute and a half. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to keep screwing around with mine. Yeah. Um, so I started doing them. And then um, a couple people were like, hey, you know, I liked that video. Who did it? I said, well, I did. And they said, oh, well, can you make me one? So I started getting people asking me about it. And uh, so I decided, you know what? I'm going to do, I'm going to kind of reinvent the wheel here. I'm going to do what I usually do and put my own spin on it. And 
I'm going to create videos for people that are actually effect, cost effective to at least pay for the subscription. You know, yeah. so it's not out of pocket. And um, so I was talking with a guy named Tanner. Um, he had his own uh, ghost hunting thing. Um, but I was talking with him and he does marketing and he kept telling me, you know, yeah, you can do that, but you're not going to make any money. I said, I don't want to make money. I want to make enough to pay for the subscription. So yeah. like three or four videos a, a month on it's fine by me at least it's paying for it and uh, that's where paravid studios came about um so i started that and i only made it like 20 bucks 20 bucks per video um intro outro and um commercial and that ended up being I and mean, if you got all three it was like 50. i gave a deal you know i just really don't care uh it's not about the money and then it turned into logos and now merchandise and a, and a couple of other things. So now it's, it's broadened it. And now that I have Filmora, I can do more with, with that. Like the video, your video is through Canva. I absolutely love it. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be touched. All my videos that I have on my show, that's all done through Filmora. The GGH stuff that's through Filmora. It's got more, but again, when you have something that just fits and works, I'm just gonna leave it and I, yeah. I absolutely love yours i'm not touching yeah don't don't break something that's not broken no nah. yeah don't nah. try and fix something that's not broken that's the same mm -hmm. uh, and then you know power power voice um podcast for you now with i don't know if anyone's seen it but you can you know matt does these shall we say sporadic shows and again this sort of ties up to your personality no filter no script you you just go with the flow with whatever you want to talk about and sometimes it's not even the paranormal you know no. it, it, it's um you know it could be anything that's on your mind you know what was your thought process with, with the paraverse um podcast for you then so paraverse um paraverse was actually a spin-off of the paracrew the paracrew podcast i had with um with sarah and uh, lurker um but it it that actually was a spinoff of the Paracast, my original show, and that was thanks to again Mr. Fedora, uh, Scott Morton, and yeah, our campfires. I thought you had to leave, liar. <laughs> I love Dan, um, but I I was gonna do like how to videos because I I told my wife Mackenzie I said. I, I, after I shut down my Pennsylvania team, I said, I still want to do something in the paranormal. I want to help, but I just don't want to do a team thing. I want to do something to where I help everybody. And she said, what? Like a consultant? And, and then the wheels started turning. I was like, a paranormal consultant. I was like, paranormal consultant. I like the sound of that. And she goes, yeah, sounds all right. In her usual style. <laughs> and... So I started doing how-to videos. I was I was gonna just and I would say go watch them, but don't. They're shit. Um, they're, they're they're, they're they're, they're, you know, I was waiting for just to interrupt you. I was waiting for this guy to come in. You know, I, he's always in the room. But I hope you're doing well, Raymond, mate. Uh, About time. Did you just wake <laughs> up too? Uh, he finally turned the light on. Uh, <laughs> love you, brother. <laughs> but um, had to get a shot in. Um, but no, I started doing these how-to videos. And it was just going to be about investigating, just basic paranormal one-on-one, you know, and that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to help. And I started uh, my YouTube channel and a couple of Facebook pages 
and uh, Scott got a hold of me. He said, "Hey, you you really have something here." He said, "You have the personality. You have the you know the you're not shy in front of the camera. You just have that attitude." He goes, "I think you can make this something bigger." And I was like, "Well, what are you talking about?" He goes, "Well, like a podcast," and uh, I didn't have all the equipment or anything like that. I, I said, I don't know. He said, we'll just do a couple episodes. We'll see what happens. I said, okay. So you guys can all blame Scott for the, for this. <laughs> um, but no, it just one thing led into another. And um, that turned the, you know, that's when I started the Paracast. And then uh, the Paracrew podcast when I brought on uh, Lurker and Sarah. And yeah, I met Dan. We had some great times. Dan, he talked about a campfire earlier. We had a really nice 4th of July video where we just sat around drinking, talking ghost stories. Like, we were just shooting the shit. What's up, Jenny? And uh, see you see you soon. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but, um, but no, and it was a lot of fun, and it just kind of snowballed from there. And um, finally, the pair crew uh, reached its end uh, because I started this new job. And I just couldn't keep with the schedule. And I, I just said, listen, I just can't you know, do Wednesdays and Fridays all the time. I can't do that. It, my schedule will not allow it. Um, so I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to do something on my own. I'll let them you know, do their thing. And Lurker's done a great job with what he's doing with Paranormal Science. And I just, the, I just started the Paraverse because you know, I was doing some gaming. I was just ranting talking about whatever I wanted to talk about. So it's kind of like into, uh, like with you guys, the portal, it's into the portal. Well, this is into the paraverse, <laughs> into the, the paraverse of the consultant. So just one of those random, whenever I feel like it type things. And uh, this one was going to be different because it's not like I'm going to have a guest on every week. It's I'll let the audience decide who the guest is. Whoever wants to come on, if they're open to they can come on and anybody can talk about anything they want at any given time so and you know one thing that i like as well that you do um for me for you it's like two o'clock in the morning once you finish your shift and for me it's when i'm getting up with the kids it's like six <laughs> o'clock in the morning six right but you do your mobile consulting as well where, where you're driving and you're just having a general chat with everyone but what one thing that you do like to do is you check in with everyone as well. Like you, yeah. you, you notice people, and I think you know you bring a lot of positive energy to to your show. You know, and like I said, if you guys want to go and watch Powerverse, you know, check check Matt's page out. He's also streaming on um, Powerpost Central Network. I nearly forgot that. Fine, mm -hmm. kill me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes it's just Matt just talking about whatever you feel like talking about there's no actual subject sometimes it's just checking in with everyone which is now i will cool. say I, I will say um that's how the mobile consultant thing was that's how that started that's how the show started was me just running around like an idiot talking on my phone you know just whatever um the only thing i will say is right now obviously as you know brother uh paraverse is doing a paranormal 101 series um that's just something just getting back to basics uh tonight we got the uk people coming and <laughs> and it it just it's just kind of one of those learning things but yeah for the most part paraverse is just 
any random BS that I feel like doing, um, whatever the audience wants to hear about, uh, just talk about new things. And, you know, I've always said, and this is what, what bothers me about a lot of podcasts is these people get famous because of the audience. So why not give them the shout and the respect that they deserve? You know, I mean, if you've got a million subscribers, you better be saying hello to every single one of them. You know what I mean? I, I definitely agree with you. Whenever we, whenever we do our shows and, you know, we talk, as you see, we always acknowledge mm -hmm. you know, um, everyone that's in the room because if it wasn't for people tuning in, then there'll be, you know, it's not the same, you know, yeah. and it's great to have them part of it. I've said it on my show several times that without the audience, I'm just an idiot with a big mouth and a camera. Because let's be honest, that's what it ends up being. Is I'm just I have a big mouth. But I would say, <laughs> even with the audience, you're still the guy with the big mouth. You know, mm -hmm. so let's be honest. <laughs> but um, no, it's absolutely great. Um, you know, the I've got two more questions for you. Right, firstly. Um, and I ask this a lot to a lot of different investigators and people in the field. If you were to be in front of someone that's new to the field, what advice would you give them to prepare them for the best way to become a good investigator? Be yourself and, and expect the unexpected. Because you never know. You absolutely never know what you're going to run into. You, If you go in with an expectation in this field, you're going to be let down very quickly. That's just that. That's the no, no dude run, Dan. No dude run, <laughs> run, uh, brilliant. Um, and you know, this is the one that I, I just thought: How can we make the paranormal field better? Network, 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 network. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've, like you said, I've been doing this seventeen years, and I love my past teams. But I've never had as much fun as I've had in the past two years. You know, I mean, I've been doing these shows for about two and a half years now, and they have been the best in this field. And it's because of everybody I meet, you know, and, you know, like yourself, like you said, if I have an issue, 2 a.m., you're up. If I, you know, or Raymond's around, you know, there's always somebody, there's always somebody to chat with. And it's it, it's just really amazing to see what we're we are all turning this into, and you know Brian bringing us all together for the Global Ghost Hunt, bringing us together for Parapost. You know Stephen, I know he's not here right now, but Stephen Woodard, Big Papa Pun, him, Howard, Chrissy, and everybody over at Paralinks, what they're doing. You know all of it is a positive environment building people up and then Dan's absolutely right there are channels out there and there are networks out there that turn it into a competition who's got the most views who's got the most this who's got the most that who the hell cares when are we gonna have a who's gonna who has the most fun who's I, has the most positive impact on our field let's let's start with that no no definitely it's it's a hobby that we want to enjoy and either um, I don't know. I think Brian may have said this. He feels that people make the paranormal feel too complicated and it doesn't need to be. Is it Brian that said that before? It sounds like something he would say, but I, I think it's him that said it as well. You know, that it, it's got too complicated. 
And like you're saying, going back to basics yeah. is the best way forward. Um, but, you know, I've loved having you on the show. You, you've been absolutely great, Matt. Um, I was saying to Matt in the background, I will be honest, uh, some of you will see me and Matt do a lot of the GGH live shows. And, you know, it's Matt's never, like, we've never done this before, like me firing questions at Matt. And it's mm -hmm. just so weird to see a different side to you, mate. Like, to what I'm used to. Um, oh, don't worry, we'll make up for it in about an hour and a half. We were about back to the Matt, in a minute. Uh, I mm. think, but do you know what? It's been absolutely great to see that different side of you and, you know, listen to more about what you've done in your experience. So thank you for sharing that with us tonight. Um, you know, I've really enjoyed it and I feel this has been a great show. Um, but just before we do finish off with you, Matt, where can people find all your stuff? Do you want to give me a... Your, your stuff, I, you know. I would usually say it, but Matt's got yeah. so I'm gonna let him take over. And you know, I thought you wanted to end this show and I go for another hour. Holy crap! Huh? <laughs> so, obviously, on Parapost Network Central, uh, I'm all over Paralinks. Uh, I switched over to Paralinks Plus because of how random the Paraverse is. Uh, you can find me on Paranormal Consultant on Facebook or YouTube. Um, I'm on TikTok. I think I'm on Instagram. I don't know. I, the main ones I use are just Facebook and YouTube. Um, I use TikTok just to kind of waste some time at night, but I am on there as well. Um, I'm going to try to get more lives in for TikTok, but believe it or not, it's awkward. Like, I don't know what it is. Streamer, and I'm fine. I go on TikTok. And, uh, it's, TikTok's a little bit different to work out than it is. Um, than... I can't get into a groove, but it's weird. But, no. but you just look up Paranormal Consultant, you'll see this guy. Or uh, you can find me at the uh, UP program, the Unified Paranormal Program on Facebook. And what I have done is, if you look in the description, I have put all of Matt's links. So if you just want to click into it and then go and follow his page um, and watch a few of his shows, I promise you, it will make you laugh. Um, you know, I apologize ahead of time. Expect the unexpected with this guy. That's all I'm going to say. You know, don't, you know, it is a funny show to watch. And then sometimes you get him and Mackenzie together and you see the dynamic. <laughs> you have. It is just, it's just funny. Um, but no, Matt, I just want to thank you again for, for being part of the show. Um, I've said for a while, you know, I've wanted you on, but we just scheduled. So I appreciate your first day off that I think you've had in probably in three weeks, is it? been about a month since i've actually had some time just to chill and relax you know so yeah. i appreciate um i appreciate you coming on and taking time out of your day off to have a chat anytime um, brother anytime but yeah i'll just put you into the back finish off and then we'll have a quick chat um a quick chat thank, thank you matt for being <laughs> on and you know it's been absolutely awesome having you on the show thanks for having me on brother have a good night guys thanks mate uh so um great show hi liz um i told you matt is the guy that is no filters and you know such a good guy to talk to so as i mentioned all the links are in the description go and give matt a follow watch some of his shows and i promise you you'll have a good time um watching him uh just for um people in the uk um if you want to come on a paranormal investigation we have got some events planned now um, from now until December, you know, so head to our webpage, portaltotheparanormal.co.uk. We are excited for August. We have our first junior event. 
this is an introduction to the younger audience. So we've got a workshop planned for, you know, to talk to them about different types of equipment, how the equipment works. And um, we're going to break off where we're going to do snacks um, and just have a general chat with the audience. And then afterwards, a low level lighting investigation. So very basic, but this is more of an introduction into the paranormal field if they're interested. So if you want any information, um, head to our Facebook page and send us a message and we can give you more details on that. But for now, I'm going to say goodbye. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining. I hope you've had a good time and we'll see you soon. But for now, take care and enjoy your weekend. Bye.